I liked and it's like when I look at perfume completely different than than if you see gamey completely different than hold it against me completely liar which is a your mix of that I really like That was music producer Chu Fu talking about his production of Liar from Britney Spears' ninth studio album, Glory. Welcome back to The Original Dow. I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton, and I unpackage pop music and pop music moments with the music creators themselves. So take a moment, don't forget, follow me on Insta, the.original.dow, or go to Patreon, patreon.com slash theoriginaldow where I have different tiers where you help keep the light on and help us be able to help those in need. It's also a philanthropic podcast, which means when guests come on and answer questions, items get donated to charity. So every single guest that's been on the original doll has been able to help us get thousands upon thousands of items for individuals in need. So I want to give a shout out and a shout out to all the Patreon patrons that are out there. Now, something I wanted to talk about specifically with this is the song Liar. I think... Many times people can easily say the songs that Britney does are about boyfriends, you know, boyfriends that have done them wrong. Sometimes I feel like there's a deeper meaning. And I say that in this sense. Sometimes there are people that write other people's music, which we know. We know about that. And there are times where the songs can become the artist's own, where they kind of take it with them. It seems more personal to them. And that's the storytelling skills of Britney Spears. Now with Liar, there are many men that we know of that have done Britney Spears wrong. Whether it's relatives, professional peers, personal relationships, whatever it is. So what I want to do is I'm going to be pointing out different parts in this song, specifically Liar, talking about those things. Because I think it's interesting when you listen to her sing these songs. You listen to Britney sing about a liar, um, burning the bridges and so on and so forth. So I don't want to lead you in and say, oh, this song is about this, this, or she was probably feeling this way about, nope, not going to do that. I'm just going to point out some of those lyrics so that you yourself can decide what that's about. Because on Glory, there was a return to form with Britney Spears vocally going all over the place, really getting nitty gritty on certain songs. There's always been discussion of, how much is studio magic, this and that. That part doesn't bother me. What I'm more interested in is what was she thinking during this time? How crazy was everything going on around her while she was doing this? Because she's a storyteller. She uses her music, her her body language to tell a story. So I'm going to point out some of those things with Liar. So keep listening to it. But for right now, we are going to bring back our favorite music producer extraordinaire, Chu Fu. Uh, as many of you know, Chu Fu has pretty much remixed every single big recording artist that you can think of and more. And in this episode, I'm going to be playing snippets of his production of it. And he has a lot more music. So be sure to follow him on his socials and we'll give you that towards the end of it. So without further ado, this is James Rodriguez and this is the original Dao. Enjoy. Don't you want my iconography? Don't you want to stay and then follow me? Don't you want to aim for the stars you see? Don't you want my iconography? Um, 
but liar it's like you you've done like a track from every album basically that she's had since since that what what made you decide on liar okay so it was it went like this my friends over at uh, britney spears remix is actually uh you know, they, they were asking me about it, you know what I mean? And then sometimes I just take requests, you know, I always check everyone's messages. And um, I remember they hit me up a few times uh, for, for, for projects that we're doing, like remix projects. And it was like in a few weeks that I would have the time to do it. And they were like, you know, can you please remix Liar? Because, you know, it's a really important song to us and for the fans who so really love it. And I was like, cool, no problem, I'm game. And then they approached one of my friends, Robots with Ray Guns. And he he also told me, he was like in the week before my dad, he was like, oh, I'm done with my remix, <laughs> you know? So he gave it a little competitive edge <laughs> because it's <laughs> always on me like, none. And I'm like, oh, I have to start. I have to still start. I'm a low starter, but I'll get it done, you know? So, and that kind of got me motivated to be like, oh, I bet he, his remix slays because I love his remixes. So. And I was like, uh, uh, I heard the original and I wanted to approach the hook differently. That, uh, that's where my experiment was going to be. I, I wanted to just make the hook so, I don't know. I mean, I, I, changed, I changed the hook, you know, I mean, I, a little bit. I really started chopping. I wanted to kind of approach it like, what if I would have produced this, you know what I mean? Uh, kind of remix, you know what I mean? So there was a lot more room for musicality and, and experiment there. And uh, I think it turned out really fun and I got so much cool feedback on that mix. It was all worth it, you know, and, and from the fans, but also just, yeah, people who were, who were like saying, who were, I really made their day. Like this song made me so happy. And I'm like, wow, that's, you know, how cool. Is and it that? catches you and it catches you right off the bat. Like it catches you with that. And what I like is, and I can't say this enough is you're not just pulling the music out and leaving the vocals intact, leaving it like that. No. You're really rearranging, restructuring, and you're making it, like I said, your own story to tell. Yeah. And what I love about it is sometimes I feel like we as fans of music, you can get tired of the album version. Yeah. And when somebody can breathe life and create their own version of it, it makes you fall in love with the song again. And you've done that oh. consistently over and over. It's like parts that I would have just completely ignored on the original on your your productions of it, I'm like, I never noticed that part before. Yeah. I never, you know, and it points out different things, which I really like. Like starting out the way that you start out that 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 liar, I was just like, fuck, this is good. So I always have a great time with it. So that's why I was like, I was excited. I wanted to know specifically why liar, which now I yeah. know. So how long did it take you to do, by the way? A liar, I mean, it went pretty quick once I knew how I wanted to approach the hook, but it still took me like two days, you know what I mean? Like a good two days. And I'm, and I'm talking about like, you know, the most of your days, like I do really long sits, you know, your compulsive um, remix will let me, then it's like, oh, I, I've been sitting here for 15 hours. I guess the remix is almost done, you know? Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't eat or drink for 10 hours. Like, no, but, but it really goes like that. I really have to take care of myself. Like there's a jar of water now there, because if I don't, I, I, I will just, you know what I mean? You're in the zone, man. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, what, what happens? So if I do that two days, you know, like with that track. Um, oh, and then I played it to my team. Everyone loved it, so I didn't change anything, and it was just, and, and that's it, yeah. Which one of your officially released took the longest to do and which one of your unofficially released took the longest to do? Okay, okay. So I would say one of the longest ones to do was Russian Roulette from Rihanna. That was the first remix I did for Rihanna, official remix. And yeah, I had to invent like a new way. It, it was this thing, if you remember, remixes were all going up tempo, right? So Russian roulette, everyone went chipmunk style, 
which is cool because I played their mixes too and it definitely works in the clubs, you know, a lot of them. But I wanted to approach it differently. So I remember I came up with this whole slurry style, you know, so I, so, so my remix feels a bit slow in the vocals, but the beat feels really up tempo. So that took me time, man. And that song has a, has, has a lot of parts to it, you know what I mean? So it just, yeah, that took me a time of like four remixes because it's basically like four different songs in one song. Oh and, I'm, I'm, and I'm still super proud of it. Like how it goes from to the verse, it becomes rock again. Sometimes when I listen back, I'm like, I can't believe I came up with that stuff. No, it sounds silly, but like I'm, it's so in the moment for me that I make it and I'm convinced with it, but it's not that I'm going to listen back to it every day. So sometimes it surprises me when I listen back. I'm like... Why did I go there? But I, wow, that took me a lot of time to make those, those five seconds there. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I was just thinking of it like you have the the rated R remixes, you have the mm. the Lady Gaga remixes where they were doing projects. Yeah, I feel like they're not really doing those anymore. No, no. It's, and do, why, why do you think that is? So what happened is that um, uh, in the beginning of the whole remix revival, okay, because we already had remix revivals a few times since house music became, since they thought house music would go away in a few years, <laughs> uh, and it's and it stuck around and became a really legit thing actually. Uh, but uh, I think uh, with that, with, with, with the whole uh, the time of Lady Gaga and stuff, it was a remix revival, and labels suddenly saw like hey, the music industry got a little bit boring, and these remixers they, they bring this new you know, attention to the mixes that we normally wouldn't get from DJs. DJs become important again. And when that trick was clear, people saw it as a career, you know? A lot of kids came out like, I want to only remix tracks. And they would just go into a label and maybe have, they would, oh yeah. So with this new remix revival, I was working with amazing people, man. They were in the game for forever. They knew how to spot a good remix. They knew how to promote it. And there's just so many people jumped on it, offering labels like $5 remixes. You know what I mean? And not to disrespect, but yeah, I mean, at one point mm -hmm. for a label, it's going to be about numbers. And even if, you know, I would remix for free, I'm not the type of guy that's going to call an A&R manager every day to tell them how cool I am and what I'm doing. I'm just an artist doing my music. You know what I mean? And sometimes it only really connected with people who I really met, like Gaga, you know, it's one of them. It's like you connect and, and label people are, with all the respect, they are around the artist. You know, it starts with the artist. And, and if it clicks between artists, you can have endless uh, things. But right now it's mm -hmm. all, uh, most of the time, someone else will have to source the remixes and those remixes will then come from wherever this person can, you know, uh, do, do people favors with, or, you know, it got a little bit diluted, I would say. But I noticed in the last year, the good ones are coming back again. And I'm like, and I'm really proud of that. You know, I heard some really strong remixes from people I was remixing with 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I'm like, cool, because it all comes down that house music is here to stay. And I have it in my own music as well. I'm still doing the same thing because house music is really legit. And you hear it in every one of my productions. It's the core, you know, core of house music is soul music. And you're going to hear that in the new remixes. Mm -hmm. So I am really um, optimistic about that, that we're going to have another wave of cool remix packages again and stuff, you know, the whole creativity of that. Yeah, it, that's something it's like, I'm hoping because I love the different takes, the, the reconstructions, everything of these songs. Because mm -hmm. like I said, mm -hmm every person can take something like we can watch the same movie you can take something completely different out of it this little part you could have been like the lighting was great i could have been the sound is great yeah. and i like that because it's artists looking at pieces of art and going how can i make this my own how can i switch this up yeah. a bit and i miss those days and i think to your yeah. point i mean we were inundated and i feel like at a point the quality went down in a lot of these yeah. these remix packages. And then it just became, it was, then I kind of got turned off to other people's productions because listening to like one bad mix, but then it's like some of the music producers, I'm like, how are you still working? You yeah. have like, like sometimes I hear, and I'm musically not talented. Yeah. And I go, how are you messing with the key chains right? Key changes right here and you're not getting it. And how yeah. are you not? And it was just, it was bizarre to me to hear stuff that I was like, this is not, it doesn't sound good. And musically speaking, it is not, it's not sounding correct at all. You know, yeah. it's, it was just, 
I don't know how to describe it other than it was just like nah. some pretty shitty remix. No, it's, 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 it's interesting you just say that because, you know, all those good remix waves really come forth out of remixers want to remix. It's just like, let's do something cool. And as soon as the formula is clear for the industry and they want to control it, it's over because they don't have the talent, you know, in that sense, they have talent to sell records, but not, you know, to decide who is a good remixer. A lot of them just don't, you know what I mean? They just think remix is remix. Well, it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's, uh, people at one point are going to notice like, oh, we're, we're back to chipmunks again. Okay. This formula again, yeah. you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? <laughs> so... Yeah. And I'm going to talk off oh. the record to you, yeah. by the way, about some of those those producers that I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't hey, get it. And by the way, you know, to come back at your question, like, why did it change? It's also um, in the beginning, we had all these blogs and stuff, and it was really easy to spread music. And once that got really big, man, it was over. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like. Uh, so many blocks got at one point got shut down because they're posting my remixes and like you know i remember when i did kanye west love lockdown that became a really big unofficial remix and um I, yeah that that caused me a lot of trouble and 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 they, they kept hitting me over the years with literally lawsuits that are pretty intimidating of like hey uh you know pretty like you know you don't have the money to pay where they're asking for you know but as long i was never selling it so they could never do anything to me like with the whole kind of thing was like you know got bbc radio broke with my remix <laughs> so 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 they oh, were that. Yeah, they weren't really happy with that <laughs> uh, any mac played it remix and then i got the next day i got the season assess letter so uh and then um i was like I remember I was really, um, I was talking to my manager and he was a bit like, oh shit. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, uh, this is going to be a hit, I Joe. I, this is going to be a hit. <laughs> and my manager was like, dude, do you realize what they're saying? You know, every time it's played on the radio, they're going to give you a $50,000 fine. That was literally what they were talking about. And then, uh, I, I, I don't know, I was still on this high riding. And then a few days later, I got really lucky because Kanye was, was at a, uh, Dolce & Gabbana show, fashion show. And what do they use for the runway? <laughs> My remix, you know? So, no. so it was kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? We wrote a letter back, but we never heard it. You know, <laughs> it was like, all right, cool. I guess, I guess we got a free remix here. And you know. That's, uh, <laughs> well, and that's something I think a lot of people don't get is when people make unofficial ones, like, in my experience of seeing them, a lot of times the artists are like, oh, I love this. Like, and especially now I feel like artists are more prone to be like, hey, the more, because you're not taking millions of dollars away from their 0.0001% stream. Do you know what I mean? So it's, so I think that it's changed, but also I think that it's honoring the song because when I hear different productions of a song, I go, oh, well, let me, if I didn't know the original song, I go to, you know, take a listen to be like, oh, what, what was the song like? Exactly. You know, what was the, the evolution of it? Mm -hmm. um, which brings me to, to what I want to talk about is the, the Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. I feel like that came out like, like, yeah. mm -hmm. I feel like I finished watching the video and your, <laughs> your production was out. I was like a refix already. I'm like, I'm ready for it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was, it, it was really like, uh, I, was, I was having a meeting with my team and James, my best friend, who's also on my team, he was like, yo, you heard that Montero track? He's like, shoot, you should remix it, you know? And whenever he tells me I should remix something, I'm always like, okay, James wants me to remix something, you know? Your best friend tells you something. So I was like, cool, if you give me a cappella, I'll remix it, you know? And during the meeting, he sends me a cappella. I'm like, all right, uh, I'll get on it. Next day, I'll send him my remix. Because that was kind of my joke. I'm like, next time I text him back, I'm on the send of a Dropbox link. So that's literally how it went. It was just more like, he kind of challenged me. <laughs> I bet you can't do this kind of thing. So I was like, ah, I'll show him that I can do it. And it, and it was really fun to work on, you know, like right from the get go, I was like, ah, oh, okay, this, 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 and this. So, yeah. It's, and it was, and I loved it because when I listened to it and I'm going to, and, and people can go to your, it's on your SoundCloud. YouTube, or SoundCloud. It's on, yeah. It's, it's on both of those. But so with Call Me By Your Name, what I loved is legitimately, it was like one of the fastest turnarounds. I was like, like I said, I felt like I was watching the video and I, you know, I, 
I pulled it up. I'm like, this is amazing. Thanks. So <laughs> how? So so with that done, how is it that you can juggle? Because I want to talk about the other projects you have right now that were just released. Yes. How do you delegate the time? Going mm. okay, I'm going to work on this. You know, this refix, but then I'm going to work on my own original thing and. Yes. How do you allocate that time? Like, how do you figure that out? So I really had to uh, take a period of time to really focus on my own music. Um, because um, if you always work on inspiration, it's really quick to get distracted every day. You know, you, I, I could be working on a song and I hear a tune. I'm like, oh, I'm going to remix this real quick. You know, I just told you. So that's my biggest thing also. Like, I have to say focus. I have to write down what I'm going to do that day. Give myself challenges. Because if you give me the freedom to be like, oh, just do what you want there, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hire a violin player and a harpist. <laughs> no, but you know, that, that's fun. That's interesting. You know what I'm so I, with this project that I'm doing now, the, the, the legendary EP that, I'm, uh, that, I've been, that I've been working on is really like, it's like a, I mean, this, this comes from a group of tracks of maybe like 20 tracks. And I kind of consolidated that to like, okay, the six tracks are really going to focus on. So we had most of those tracks uh, I finished like uh, six, seven months ago, you know, so you, so you have all these finished things so just so that in my daily life, I can just be creative, you know? So while these things are rolling out as well, like I have my weekly meetings, I'm like, Hey, I did another fresh remix of this. I did another fresh remix of this. So my remixes now are really focused on my EP that I, that I want to release. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, um, and also like little remixes, like the spontaneous things still stay. You know, if you would send me a cappella from Britney, you'd be like, I bet you can't do this. <laughs> I'll probably have a Britney Spears remix next week. I mean, no, but, I, but, but I'm saying, I'm saying I'm still that guy, you know what I mean? But uh, so, but it, but, it. but it is important, you know, because uh, that's, I need that freedom. So, so I give myself the freedom to get sidetracked, but not too much, you know what I mean? So, 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 so that's why. So if I sit down, there's only two things I can work on today. My manager says <laughs> one is uh you know a song a really cool gospel singer i've been working with uh just super awesome dude a win and uh and i'm gonna play, record some saxophones on it and then i have to work on a remix i'm doing for my own ep so i'm doing two fun things today you know uh yeah but but it's all about uh, just being ready with the material and having a team that, that that loves me you know they're they're all like my best friends you know so i'm just lucky that they are like gathered around me at one point like yo chu uh because i know them for so long since since they were amateurs in their profession and now they're like you know they're also artists and they're also so it was more like hey Chew, I want to help you make those visuals. Like James, my best friend, he's amazing with it. He does all my visuals, you know, and 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 syncing, and 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 Yuba, I've worked with her as artist, and she's my manager now. And like, you know, it's just like, I love that. You know, I love that whole team feelings. For me, that's really important. And then I work with a really cool uh, distributor. Then you know, my team talks to the distributor, and they tell me how my uh, songs are going. And then I'm I'm really learning from that whole process of like, you know, uh, so. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to see. I'm, I'm trying to be interested in everything that comes on, on my path. Even if it's marketing, I kind of want to learn about it and, and be like, oh, okay, this is why I'm cool. I'm making the video for fun today, but you need it for uh, promotion for something, you know, but it stays spontaneous then. It's not going to be like, chew, you have to do this. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, now I already have a remix for that. Or, oh, yeah, I have a, I have a little saxophone part for that. Didn't I? You know what I mean? So I always have something laying around. Uh, so, yeah. well, and I love that it's really a collaborative effort because you working and you're making your own refixes of these other artists, it's really a collaboration of what they did vocally or, you know, melodies that were created and what you do. Mm -hmm. And I like that it's kind of like it takes a village. And that's that's the purpose of this this podcast is to really shine a light on the songwriters and producers because a lot of people mm -hmm. I think think if it's Britney Spears or Rihanna up there, that it's just them. Mm -hmm. But there are so many more people, not even just the music side, yeah. the marketing side, the artistic side, the Absolutely. visual, you know. And I think that in this time of me doing this, this podcast, I loved being able to shine the light on the arts because a lot of people would be like wait a sax player is the one who did love game like wait mm -hmm. what like mm -hmm. because it's the love of music it's yeah. everyone's journey that gets them to where they are
second you can bleed. Keep an eye out for your teeth. Taking a quick break to remind you to follow us on Instagram, the.original.doll. We also have a website, www.theoriginaldoll.com. And lastly, Patreon, patreon.com slash theoriginaldoll. For those who don't know, Patreon is a subscription-based platform, which means if you give a dollar, two dollars a month, it helps keep this podcast going, keeps the servers up, able to uh, keep the technology flowing and going with this. So if you like this, if you like what I am doing, go ahead and subscribe and support. Uh, there's different tiers, exclusive content. Um, yeah, so pretty much you'll love it. Um, but the main thing is thank you so much and big shout out to all of those patrons that I have uh, from Jenny to Eric, Tyler, so many people out there. So thank you all so much um, and back with the show. And if you know Britney Spears fans or lovers of music and want to hear from songwriters, go ahead let them know about us. And the other thing too is if there are songs you want me to deep dive into or no songwriters, go ahead, message me. Always open to suggestions. You can find me on Twitter at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. All right, back to the show. You can call, 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 but I'm never gonna come. Baby, cry, cry, cry. You ain't fooling anyone. So what I'm gonna do is quickly go through and throw off some of the, the artists who you've refixed some of their stuff and just throw one word, two word, whatever pops into your head about that, that thing. Okay. So this is kind of like, this is your life. <laughs> um, okay, Usher. Oh my God. <laughs> you are becoming my favorite person in the entire world right now. I mean, sorry, okay. that was the first thing that no, I love it. Yeah. Timbaland. Super nice guy. Snoop Dogg. Really want to work with him. <laughs> Selena Gomez. Uh, that was a trip. Awesome trip. Yeah. Mary J. Blige. That was a real honor for the first time getting vocals from Mary J. Epic moments in my life. Definitely. Missy Elliott. Missy Misdemeanor. Missy Elliott, super inspiration. Always stayed ahead of the game, even till today. Love her. So good. Yeah. Oasis, which oh, this is this is the I part know. that blows my mind. <laughs> Oasis. Yo, I love Oasis. Reason I remixed uh, Oasis was just I, I I loved that one track that came out with this album, and it was a it was a thing of like no one had it yet. It was like a, a legal thing that dropped from the album, and I was like, cool, I want to have a remix out of the legal official release tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a song called The Turning, and it was just I don't know I love the vibe of that. It was great, but uh, yeah, I knocked it out in one day, and I think I played it like that night. I have some epic moments of that song. It was really cool. But... I love it. Diddy. Oh my god, yeah, Diddy, uh, important to me in my, in my whole career. Uh, fascinating guy, really fascinating guy. Yeah. Prince. Ooh, Prince together with Miles Davis, probably one of my bigger musical uh, role models. So there, there's nothing in my eyes that, that he can do wrong, Prince, so yeah. Love it, Rihanna. I mean, life changer for me. Super awesome, amazingly talented. Yeah. Jackson Five. Oh my God, I love the Jackson Five and um, that remix for Jackson Five. That was such an experiment. It was a really big record for me in the UK in the underground scene. Like Jackson Five with really wild uh, UK sounds. Uh, the contrast between that happy song with the wild beats that was what did it for me <laughs> when i was living in in london in the early 2000s for school i remembered i did not realize how big michael jackson and jackson five were anywhere else i knew that they were big i mm -hmm. did not realize and i and funny story is <laughs> i was there and i was like wait this is the jackson five they're playing at this club and then like a second later they're playing this song that i've never heard of i'm like who is this person and they're like oh it's sophie ellis baxter it's a song called murder <laughs> on the dance floor and i was like no clue while everyone's singing it then all of a sudden it went to like janet jackson i'm like i know her 
And yeah. everyone's like looking at me. I'm like, I know Janet. Of but course. it was just amazing. Because it shows where <laughs> we're from, though, mm-hmm. who we know. Like yeah. Kylie Minogue, big in Europe, yeah. not very big in the States. Robbie go. Williams, same thing. Same thing. So how about, uh, well, Kanye West, we are. <laughs> it was kind of a headache, <laughs> kind of a headache, but totally worth it. Totally worth it. Lady Gaga. Uh, I'm I'm in love with her, so that's okay. No, she's amazing. So, I love it. Yeah. Okay, last couple. Eurythmics. Eurythmics, man. I always loved that band, and and that cover I made of the Eurythmics was just really special to me because that's my team you hear on there. You know, the rapper and the and the, and the singer. Jason Castor, uh, son of Jimmy Castor, where I just really sing with it. That's been my family for forever, you know, all those remakes of those covers, that's really my fam, you know, and, and like, let's do a remake of your remix. No one's getting paid. We're going to just take a few days to remake this stuff. And so, yeah, there's like 20 of, of those covers I remake, made with my crew. And, and those are just, always give me goosebumps because they're always so like family, you know what I mean? Like, let's do this kind of thing, you know? It's like your own. What was? What did, did he have? The family business album or that? Do you know? Like, mm-hmm, I, I remember what that. that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like that. Okay, so then the last two. Uh, let's go with, oh, Beastie Boys, because an open letter. Oh my God, man! That song was for me. I really wanted to. I was living in uh, in Amsterdam, and I really wanted to live in Brooklyn, and that was everything I wanted to say like at that moment like i i was like a tourist so surrounded in new york you know what i mean like i've worked in new york early 2000s but it was really like i heard that song and i was like i can do any everything with this lyric and the new music i'm working on that can kind of like make my statement now you know what i mean like the whole punk thing and then knowing that also when you do that knowing that the bc boy fans will hate on it you know what i mean like i mean i do it you know it's like I also, that's why I called stuff refixes because I just know that the artist's first reaction is going to be like, my stuff doesn't need refix. Let me hear it. You know what I mean? It's like, you kind of get them to listen to it. But I don't mean no disrespect with it or anything. Um, yeah, where was I? I'm, I'm kind of like going off with my thoughts. Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. So with Beastie Boys, man, I got so much bad feedback from the Beastie Boys fan club site. You know what I mean? But that was the same with... Uh, Prince or whatever, I got I got so much uh, people who are so mad that I cover a Prince song or something. I don't know where that comes from. You know, I had discussions with them, but the BC Boys, same thing, but that song came out and the blog I was working with, Palms Out at the time, uh, they released it and it kind of became this hit in New York. I, I messaged to my friends, yo, this is crazy how this sounds here. You know what I mean? No one ever heard anything like this. So. It's a really special track that for the first time it really clicked in my head. I was like, oh, I'm really onto something with that. You know what I mean? So that was cool. I love it. All right. And the last one is, of course, Britney Spears. Uh, I mean, Britney, she's, of course, uh, amazing. And every song she makes, you know, you just know. You know what I mean? It's like it's impossible not to have followed her career throughout her first album because she will just pick up on it. Your ear will always pick up on it. So that's how it will always will be. You know, if she releases new material, I mean, I'm hoping to someday maybe work with her or something. You know what I mean? That would be amazing. You know what I mean? To, to write new songs or something, but she was definitely uh, important to me throughout my career, you know, to be able to express myself. So. I love it. I could, I would love if there was a Deep House EP of Britney. Do you know what, like original, like Deep House? Because mm-hmm. that her the tone of her voice, I think, allows it to be that way. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, music snobs, let's say, you know, uh, Beastie Boys fans or Prince fans, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. where they're just like, no, unless you hit all these notes and eight mm-hmm. octaves. And, and it's not the case. And time and time again, I've talked about having that tone of being yeah. able to tell a story. And yeah. Britney's voice is so different that lends itself to so many different sounds, which I think I love that. So yeah. we will leave that here. Chu Fu, thank you so much for being here and let the listeners know how can they follow you? How can they listen to your music? How can they purchase music? So on and so forth. So um, I am Chu Fu on all uh, social uh, platforms, C-H-E-W-F-U. So that's anywhere from Twitter to Instagram. 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the same name. Uh, I'm available on all platforms as well. Know how many hard drives you have yeah, and no, how many things you have all over the place. <laughs> I only went through these, you know what I mean? So yeah. thank you so much for being here on the thank Ringo you. Bell podcast. Thank you so much, man. I want to take a few minutes to talk about the actual song Liar because I think there's some pretty interesting things about this. Now, something to keep in mind, for those who have never heard the song before, go ahead, go to Apple Music, uh, purchase it, purchase the vinyl of Glory. It's a really good song, um, and there's a bunch of writers that you know that are on this. Now, it starts off with Tall Tale, Such a Damn Shame, Hindsight, I Can See Also Plain, Kamikaze Fire Down, Come Down. The thing is, it's basically like, let's light a match and let's get this thing going. And basically saying there's the person has nowhere left to run and that she, from the person's point of view, is left in the ash from the bridges you burned. Now, around Glory, there was a lot of discussions behind the scenes that Britney Spears was trying to deal less with her her conservatorship situation. There was talk about her wanting to be more independent there was talk about this this album, which was one of her longer albums. Um, there was discussion of saying how much of this is Britney, how much of this is the label. Uh, and Britney talked about the actual recording process of several of these, and you can find those clips online. But the thing to keep in mind is this. There's an important part in this song, and it says, It's too late to apologize. Nothing you can offer me now. I'm looking out at you on your knees, and I'm all listened out. What a great way to tell somebody like, I'm done with your excuses. Now you're begging on the ground saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for whatever they did. And it's like, no, I'm done. I'm over it. I've moved past that. I moved past the point of acceptance. It's just past. And I think what's interesting is the, the lyrics go on to say, you ain't fooling anyone. You know what you are. I know you're a liar. You can crawl, you can beg, you can bleed, but you keep lying through your teeth. Now, the main thing is this. The lyrics basically state, you know, I've given you chances before, I've given you chances before, and you've, you know, screwed me over, for lack of a better term. So this song is really about, from the point of view of the person singing, I'm done. I'm over it. There's nothing you can do. You burnt all these bridges. You screwed all these parts of my life and now i'm here in the ashes and they're still here i'm here and i see what you've done and that i've given you chances before and yet here you are you keep lying you're a liar you keep lying you keep lying so the next thing you say about being sorry or or feeling bad it's like no i know you're lying i know you have lied and so it just really goes back and it's what's important is i'm all listened out it's one of the first times on a record in which Britney is taking it as, hey, I'm acknowledging what you did. And it's not about forgiveness. It's not about like, oh, she looks just like me. It's not any of that stuff. This is saying, I see it all. You think I didn't know? I see it all. You've lied before. You told me this was going to happen. And you lied and it didn't happen. And I think during this time of glory where in which we heard from many of the songwriters and she talked about some of the dancers were in the studio with her for a couple of the songs is that Britney Spears was then again controlling what she wanted to an extent with the music itself and this song I mean this song is a really good hey we're this is being blown up because kamikaze it's like this suicide bomber gonna blow everything up and I think what's interesting is she mentions, you know, hey, you keep saying something and it's not true. And I know all of the other times you've lied to me. And I like the fact that the title is simply Liar. Because I think that this is an important song in, for me as a listener, in her career, in her life. We know that there are people that have lied to her in public, in front of us. We know that there are those men in her lives that have used her, you know, for their personal gain. We see that as outsiders, and we see that with the actions that those men themselves took. It's not a blind item. These men do those things. 
And I think what's important is the song itself could go for any aspect of her, her life. Think about it. Once again, too late for apology is nothing you can offer me. You know, I'm never going to come. You keep calling. You ain't fooling anyone. I know what you did. And then you now know that I know what you did. And I think coming up with Britney's trial case happening on the 23rd, I think what's going to be interesting is I think if this is the time where she gets to speak outside of her music, where she gets to speak her mind, I think she's going to light that match. I think she's going to say, you know what? You all were a part of this. You all did this. You lied to me before. You told me this wasn't going to happen. We heard it in audio recordings from her 13 years ago. She was told one thing and it didn't happen. And she's acknowledging all those times that you've lied to me, I remembered it. Don't act like it didn't happen. It's not this one thing. And so I think what will come from this is the people that have received financial gain from her, they're going to be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was misunderstood. Oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't do it. It's like, no, 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 no. You can crawl on your knees. You can beg. But I know you're a liar with everything that's happened. And I think what something that I want to say towards the end of this is she says in here, and like I said, she's this was written by many people. And the thing is, keeping secrets under your sheets, under your sheets, you can cry wolf. For that phrasing, it's you've said, oh no, this happened, oh no, this happened, I need help, I need help, and then it was not true. And then the next line is, I ain't, you know, messing with your dirty laundry. And that's what's important. Because she's saying, and she continues on, it's too late for apologies. There's nothing you can do to offer me now anything. And I'm done. Everything that you've done, I'm going to lay it all bare. I'm going to put it all out there. And what I think is important, it's not like you did me wrong. This is saying, hey, guess what? You blew up all of these things, and I know. And every time you said something, it was a lie. And so I think coming up, you know, on the 23rd, I think that there are certain songs in her career that are going to be, people are going to look back and wonder. The thing to keep in mind is this. Britney Spears is a recording artist. She signed recording contracts. We all know she loves music. And the thing is, she's always talked about she's just wanted time. It was like during the In the Zone Onyx era where she's like, I'm going to take a few years off. And the next thing you know, a few weeks later, it's like, nope, just kidding. I'm back in the studio. She hasn't been given that reset. She hasn't been given that control all delete. So when you hear some of these songs, it makes you wonder like, wow, looking back. So now I think to you listeners is this. Go back and listen to this song. Like I said, go to Apple. Apple, actually, they upgraded all of their their sound systems remastered. It's actually really cool. They do lossless audio on there for those audiophiles. But the main thing is this. This song is like, uh, no. I know what you said before and you lied. You did it again. You lied. I know all the times you screwed me over. You lied. You cried wolf. You said you needed help. You did all these things and it was not true. And so all these secrets that you have... And I'm not with your dirty laundry. Because that's what she's doing. She's putting it out there saying, this is you. This is all on you. And I'm not going to accept those apologies. I'm done. I've listened to you excuse this reason or that reason. So I think whatever happens, I think this is going to be a song that many people will look back and go, huh. Because Britney Spears goes into the studio you know, for these songs and her interaction with people. And I've talked to songwriters that have worked with her in the studios is that's her time to do her thing. It's all the rest of that. And, and Sia talked about it. Mariah Carey talked about it, where you can love music. You could love going into the studio and having your own space, but it's all the rest of that stuff. It's all the rest of the promo. It's all the being forced to tour, being forced to do TV appearances. 
And I brought up Sia again because Sia released her Thousand Forms of Fear album as a way to get out of her, at the time, her current publishing contract. They said, you need to release one more. It needs to be released globally. It needs to hit stores in the UK. She's like, done. Then what she did was she signed with a different publishing and label contract. And it said in there, she said, I will sign with you, but I do not want to do any of the promotional stuff. I do not want to tour. That's something many people have not been able to do. So many of these artists talk about that, how grueling it is. You're on a tour bus. You're going back and forth and around. When they're in the studio, recording artists are able to be themselves because in the experiences from the songwriters I've talked to that have been able to be in the studio with her, there's not a thousand people in the studio with her. You have the engineer, the producer, sometimes the songwriter. Boom, she's in there. And so I think when we look at these songs, when we look at these albums, we can look at it from a different point of view. What was Britney trying to say? What was her thought in this? And it's easy for us to be like, everything after 2008, she was forced to do. Everything is terrible. She was for. I think of it this way. She always talked about that she liked being a recording artist and performing. But she also always talked about like being able to do her own thing. Get days off, weeks off, months off. She has every right to. It's the people that were forcing it to go further. The recording sessions she was active with, the business meetings, she had her A&R person, she had her managers. So when you look at this, just think, is my view of these songs now going to change in 2021? And there are many people, and there's a lot of songwriters that are on these, a lot of producers, many people who make these songs. And don't forget, Britney Spears has been known to not take credit for writing songs that she didn't write, which should be applauded. There are many people that don't do that, that take songs. And you can go to whether it's exposed songs, you can go to these different accounts on YouTube, on Instagram, where you can listen to demos and go, wait, that's 100% the same lyrics. Now this other person is singing it, and now that person has half writing credit? How does that work? Those are the things that are really crazy to me. But here you have Britney Spears in a situation in which she worked so hard, she did so much, and she became, like I said, with, with the Will I Am, when I talked about his thing, she was a machine. We know she loves music. We know she loves singing other people's songs. We know she loves everyone else's music. And I think Glory gave more insight to who she was and especially those songs that didn't make the cut and we have a lot of conversation talking about that soon because what's important is not only songs that are on the album but what songs did she cut did she record that didn't make the album and why we learned from heather bright and lindy robbins with unbroken and red is the color that there was this thought we don't want those songs on this album because it makes britney seem too vulnerable and this is something that I think is interesting. And keep this in mind. There was always this thought to be like, Britney is the strong performer. She's strong. She's great. She's independent. So somebody was pushing this narrative that was not really real. If she seemed vulnerable, maybe it's because she was vulnerable. Maybe they wanted independent to cover for the fact that it wasn't independent. And this is all speculation, allegedly, whatever whatever people want to say. But I just go back to this, the music. So when I talk to these songwriters and producers, I talk about their experience from their point of view. That's what this is. But I think we can go back and just listen to those songs. Every album has a quirky song. Every album has a weird song. I talked about it with the Brave New Girl episode. Those are the songs that you're like, I'm pretty sure that was like a Britney choice. Because they're so off the wall and fun. That's the... That's the Britney I like. And if you've been a fan since day one, that is the Britney that you know. The goofball. The the girl that laughs at her own joke. That snorts. You know what I mean? Like, that's who she is. And I think when we look back, look at those albums. Look at those songs that fit that. There's always been this mystery of Britney. 
look at that. 13 years ago, she told us in, you know, the documentary on the record, like, she, when the journal said, well, why didn't you tell people what was going on? She's like, I didn't have to. And I think that's important. She has been private about her life. She has been private about her mental health. It's everyone else that has been pulling these things out. So I think this song, for me, is one of those songs that I feel like as a listener, those vocals, she's really saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm all listened out. This is your dirty laundry. You're a liar. You're a liar. Imagine how many people she can say that to. How many people she can call a liar. All right, we have more episodes coming up very, very soon. We have more with... um, some big songwriters that you all know and songs that people have been asking about. I have exclusive content uh, for our Red is the Color uh, episode. So be on the lookout. Make sure you subscribe to get notified right away. I try to get these episodes out as quickly as I can. Um, sometimes we have songwriters and producers that are working on other projects that want to, you know, make sure it doesn't, you know, there's not too much of their stuff going on. So bear with me. Just know there's about 12 episodes that are already finished that are just waiting for the AOK to go. So I want to thank you all for listening. Join me on Patreon, patreon.com slash the original doll. I talk about demos, some demos that we don't talk about on here, more content. Uh, yeah, and so much more. So thank you so much for listening. And Chu Fu, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, he is just as awesome as you think. He I mean, he's great. He's talented. He's super prolific. Um, So be sure to check him out. uh, Follow him. Find him. Commission him. Any of these songwriters you could commission. You can say, I have a paying gig for you. Uh, Tell them that. You know, have those conversations with them if you can. So, and uh, last thing. So after next week, week and a half, July 23rd, just know that I'll be playing a lot of If You Seek Jamie. Um, so yeah, take a listen to that song. Uh, once again, if you seek Jamie, um, and for those wink, wink. All right. Thank you all so much. This is James Rodriguez and this has been the original doll. Don't show my iconography.